You're listening to The Creative Production Lab. The Creative Production Lab is an audio podcast produced by the University of Nebraska at Omaha's Chris Library. The Creative Production Lab is aimed at the University of Nebraska at Omaha's students, staff, and faculty of our academic community. But all projects, hints, tips, and otherwise any information here is applicable to anyone interested in any creative activity or project we may be engaged in. For more information, go to library.uinomaha.edu. For folks not big up on the acronym, we're going to refer to the Creative Production Lab, uh, the name of the podcast, uh, versus the CPL is our space here, our physical space here in the Chris Library, especially while we're in primarily remote services. If you need help with a project, it will zoom in with you or we'll offer up how to send in something and we'll help you finish the project like on our 3D printer or large format printer or laser cut it on your behalf. If you're interested in learning how to produce audio, video, or any of the projects that we cover in here, check out our website. The Creative Production Lab can help you learn software like Adobe Audition, which we use to create this podcast, and any other software or technology that we have available here in the Chris Library. Welcome, everybody, to Episode one of season two of the Creative Production Lab. Uh, you're here with me, Charles Fisher, and Sean and Drew, and I'll let you two introduce yourselves quick. Hello, uh, I am Drew, and I am the assistant to the manager. Fresh off the tater farm, apparently. Is that a tater farm accent? <laughs> yes. What is a tater farm? Oh, like Idaho? Oh, what does an Idaho, Idaho accent sound or, or Idaho just, dialect sound like? I don't know. Midwest Get, thing. I, I'm more. Hi, make... I'm Sean. <laughs> um, I'm a student worker at the Creative Production Lab. And what we're going to be doing is giving everybody a quick intro to the CPL, given the fact that nobody's been in here for a year and a half without an appointment. And we're getting ready next week to be open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., where you can just walk in and do stuff which is terrifying, but kind of beautiful. And we want to give everybody a quick intro to all the stuff we've got. Uh, but first thing we want to get out of the way is we are hiring three new student workers. Um, Sean, since you're the only student worker we have right now, I'm going to let you talk about the position and entice people to come work here with lasers. Yeah, so the student worker position is very much a uh, patron-facing position. So really what I do is I help people that come My number one job is to help people that come in um, and help them with whatever projects they're doing, help them uh, on the computers or give, just help them give information, know what they need to do, give them information uh, really to just make it so that uh, the two full-time people here, Drew and Charles can uh, focus on a lot of the running the lab and everything. So, uh, sitting at the desk watching the email in between uh, helping people and also um, uh, starting 3D prints every, whenever we get those, uh, doing large format prints when we get those, helping people with green screen appointments and whisper room appointments, um, helping with laser cut appointments. So helping run appointments and answering questions of the people who are in the lab or when they come in. So, yeah, and I'm, I want to clarify for everybody, the listing that we have on Handshake, so if you see us at the student fair 
uh, student work fair on the 24th or have seen the listing or somebody has told you about it, it looks really intimidating, but it's really not. Uh, we're hoping to hire some real cool folks who enjoy helping people. And when it comes to learning how to use lasers or getting the basics of some of the weirder software we use uh, or even 3D printing, we'll train you. That's what we do for patrons one-on-one. -on -one. It's not we're going to throw you to the wolves. That's, that's week three of working here. Yeah, uh, the student worker position is definitely what you will know when you leave the job. Everything that is on there are all the things you'll be able to do and you'll know when you leave the job. But showing up for the job, uh, you don't have to know any of that and we'll train you to do all of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's that's some of the most fun we have. Well, with that out of the way, let's tell everybody about some of the stuff that they can do uh, here in the lab. Um, Drew, you're pretty good at giving us a little bit of a pitch and for folks that walk in, tell us what's the one sentence description that you always say of what the CPL is. Well, Charles, it's a place to explore your artistic interests or get access to technology you may not be able to use in your regular coursework. Thank, thanks for reading the headline of the website, bud. That's great. Is that actually? I don't have it up right now. <laughs> no, that, that sound is so perfect. If it isn't, I'm going to make it the headline of the website. I mean, it's the thing I've been saying for like seven years now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what, what we like to say is if you want to do something at all, you come in here. If you're bored and you want to shoot lasers at stuff, make GIFs, 3D print, learn how to do video, make a quick podcast, we'll show you how. All you need is a random weird idea or a project for a course or just want to learn something on your own and we're where you stop. Um, yeah, does that, that make sense to everybody? Yeah, the pitch yeah. I always give is that um, we're there to help people with projects that they're doing in their class, stuff like, uh, like, you know, if you need help with Adobe or you need help making something for a class, but also very much there for people that wouldn't have access to a lot of the stuff we do and we have in the lab. Because if you're an English major, you're not really going to be playing around with Adobe or 3D printers or anything like that. But if you're interested in it and you want to do it, we're a place where you can come and you can do that no matter what your major is, no matter what you're doing on campus. Um, we're there to help you if it's for a class and you very specifically need to come in and use Photoshop or if you just want to come in and play uh, uh, with a laser and see what you can make. Yeah. Well, and it's, I think it's also important to note that like where we really thrive compared to other resources you may have access to is we're there to offer as much or as little help as you need. If you are someone who have edited videos for your entire life and you just ran into some random problem that you can't figure out, you can come in and we'll help you. If you're someone who, if I said go edit a video, you would have literally zero idea of where to start. You can also come in and we'll sit down with you and take as much time as necessary to get you comfortable with the software and then let you go about your way working um, and then if you run into a roadblock, then you can come back again and we will help you kind of with whatever roadblock you run into. Yeah. And that's really where we thrive. That's something you don't get out of a lot of places. Um, some folks uh, that have been on campus for a while, you maybe already have access to a lab. Well, what happens your senior year when you're kind of just cleaning up um, your uh, intro courses you might have missed? And you no longer have access to a lab you used to have, maybe an engineering or math uh, or even a print lab for some of the graphic designers. Well, you don't need to be in a specific class or be a specific major 
to have access to the stuff you maybe got used to or at a time that you the lab may not be open. For this fall semester, our hours are Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Just walk on in and we will help you do whatever you want. Um, this minor change that we're going into is on Friday and Sunday because of our current staffing, uh, we're by appointment only. So if you need to come in on Friday or Sunday, you make an appointment and one of us will come to campus uh, and, and help you out. Ideally, and this is why we pushed the, uh, the student worker position so hard, is if we have enough student workers working here and you want to help people, we can be open 100% Sunday through Friday uh, if we get enough people on here. So spread it far and wide. Come work for the CPL and make sure that this place is open for more students, staff, and faculty to come in and do their work. Do you want to go the super fast uh, rundown of all our services and weird projects people can do? Hell yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, we have a 3D printing. You can send us a file. You can open up something on Tinkercad. You can get something on an online. True, online. true, 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 true. You can get Stop. laser That's... cutting. You can send us a file. What? Okay. Stop. Cut it out. Uh, there are going to be six people in the state of Nebraska, all of them former policy debaters that will have understand what you said at all. <laughs> but thank you for the attempt. Uh, but that, that, so what you might have missed, 3D printing is the thing most folks know us for, right? If you walk in the second floor of the library and look in the giant glass window next to the gigantic 10 foot uh, by 27 foot wall with our sign on it, you see our 3D printers. It's right behind the concrete pillar that blocks it. <laughs> yes, the beautifully designed concrete pillar right in front of a marquee tech space. But if you do oh, come up to the glass, here. yeah, it, it, you can look into it and see that we've got multiple FDM printers for the regular kind of filament pl melted plastic type of stuff you normally see and a resin printer where we can do super detailed miniatures and art grade uh, sculpture type stuff for pennies on the dollar. And all you have to do most of the time is send us a file. You can check, find them online, like on Thingiverse, uh, or come in and we can show you some basics of 3D modeling on Tinkercad. And we got 3D printing ready to go. And what's wonderful is nothing in here costs money unless you use material. And if you use material, it's at the cost that we pay for it and maintain the machines with. So... 3D printing is 10 cents a gram for plastic or 50 cents a milliliter for resin, which is one one hundredth of the cost of anywhere else you're going to get the type of stuff that we print. Sean, tell us about the laser cutter. So we have a fancy little uh, laser cutter in, in here. And so using the laser cutter, we can cut and engrave on a decent amount of materials. So we can cut and engrave wood and acrylic plastics. Um, we can cut cardboard, uh, we can engrave on glass. You can't cut glass. If you try to cut glass, it kind of just explodes. Um, <laughs> we can cut paper. Um, so we have all these materials in the lab as well. Uh, so if you want to come in and use our laser, we have a bunch of materials. We also have a list of approved materials online. You can bring in your own materials. People bring in like fancy plaques that they want to give to people. Um, and, uh, we also have Adobe Illustrator in the lab. So if you want to come in and design your own thing, it's actually really easy to design for the laser. Uh, you don't even have to be that good at the program. You don't even have to be that good at Adobe Illustrator to do it. So it's pretty easy to come in, 
um, make something real quick and uh, make an appointment to throw it on the laser. Uh, whether or not you want to engrave cups, we can engrave glass cups. Uh, you can cut and engrave a piece of wood. Uh, you can make dice towers. You make, we like to make dice towers. Uh, a lot of custom gifts. People really like to engrave cutting boards. Ooh, uh, coasters again, too. Coasters are popular too. And again, um, we charge a little bit for the time. We charge a little bit for the material. Uh, but it's all at cost, and usually people are pretty surprised by how cheap they can get some really awesome things from our laser. Yeah, uh, most folks who want to do a random project that would expect to spend fifty to one hundred bucks on Etsy are in and out of here for five to ten dollars on the laser. And if you if you ask our vice dean, um, it smells wonderful after you've laser cut wood. Yeah, it kind of smells like marshmallows after you laser cut uh, or engrave, not necessarily engrave, but after you cut the wood that we have, it kind of smells like uh, marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Why not engrave marshmallows? That sounds like it wouldn't be fun to clean. No, we're not going to do that. Please don't bring food to engrave. Um, it sounds funny, but yeah. <laughs> sorry, Sean. How, how do you think our, fil- our, our the filter that we have for our laser cutter uh, does not like the fact that we use glue, uh, have the wood that has glue in it and also acrylic dust and stuff? Uh, apparently, that's really not good for a filter. I can't imagine what marshmallow dust or goo would do to that. Mm, make it smell great in here. Okay, Drew, are you done? Got to go fast in and can tell us about some large format printing. All right, let's go for the large format printer. <laughs> no, yeah, so yeah, large format printing. Um, so the big thing with the large format printer is unlike everything else in the lab, it is locked behind an academic only purpose. And that's just to stop you from, boy, when I first made this joke, I would say printing out a life-size version of Brett Favre. Uh, I'm old. Uh, what are the kids doing? Uh, Carson Wentz. Sure, that's a player these days. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, so it's the thing, you know, it's, we want to ensure that it's academic. So if it's for your office, for a conference, um, for any sort of events, and that's the thing, if it's for an event, it works too. So if Carson Wentz plays for UNO's hockey team, uh, you can print off a giant sign that says, I love Carson Wentz and go to the hockey game. Um, but the big thing with large format printing is again, it's at cost. So it's a dollar 65 per square foot of material used. And that's really important because if you did the same poster down at like Kinko's, it would be like potentially for the same material, nine or $10 per square foot. Um, so if you have like a giant research poster, you have to print off for a grant that you did, or you need to print off something for a class. Uh, it works out really well for that. Yeah, Student Research Creativity Fair. Uh, for folks that haven't been at UNO or just starting out at UNO, get ready uh, for February's Research and Creativity Fair or your FUSE grant. Uh, it is a wonderful way to bump your academic portfolio, and we will print your poster in here ready to go for it, and it'll look better than everybody's who didn't print it in here. Real quick touch on that. If you're printing for an event and you know a lot of people are printing for that event, you want to turn it, you want to send it to us as early as possible, please. Wait till five minutes. We will get like 40 posters two days before an event and we'll try to get them all out to you in time, but just get, do yourself a favor and get, get, get in early uh, and give yourself the best chance of uh, getting it on time. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, so next uh, thing we got up on our list to tell everybody about is our green screen studio for folks that want to do video or photography 
first and foremost, we just got a new sweet 4K camera um, and apparently not singing lessons. So we'll auto-tune that after in post. But if you want to come in and shoot shoot interviews uh, or um, do your own headshots where you can get a friend to come and take headshot pictures for you or photograph your portfolio um, or uh, just do a video project for a course or just for fun so you can learn how to use a nice 4K camera and lighting equipment and sound equipment, we've got it. All you need to do is make an appointment and we set up the space for you, show you how to run the equipment and it's yours for your entire appointment. For art students in particular, this we're, we're where you'll come and do your art 2280, I think it is, uh, portfolio digitization course. You just come in here and bring in your 3D uh, sculptures, bring in your painting. We'll put them up on the wall. If it's scannable, you can go scan it. But the green screen studio will take care of the vast majority of your video and photography needs um, without much beef. And what's super cool is if you've got one of those new fancy iPhones with like 17 cameras on the front, we've got the lighting equipment that can help you get that wonderful 8K selfie ready to go with a UNO branded background, which is clearly what everybody has on their mind is fall semester. Yes, we have a thing to hold your phone and ring lights <laughs> that the fancy influencers use. Yeah, and if you've, if you've got small product photography you do, so business students that are doing advertising, communication students that are doing project work with a client and need to do uh, like small jewelry uh, or, or prototype photography, we've got a white box for that. The green screen is just, it, it's easily uh, pre-corona the most used space in the CPL and that's saying something. Uh, so come check it out and come check out some of the cool sub equipment. So for folks that are in TV or video work that really want to play around with equipment, we've got a Ronin S gimbal arm ready for you to go. And we've got a cool views XR 3d camera. So if you want to shoot a VR interview or a 360 scene, all we've got to do is set up the views on a tripod and you just dance around it in VR and you're good to go. Uh, next up on the list is all our wonderful computers that are currently being upgraded to Big Sur. Is that oh, it? yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so a big thing to note for people that are used to the CPL coming back for this semester, um, because of distancing guidelines, all of our computers are not going to be available this fall. There will be three normal available computers with the fourth one that's tentatively available, uh, but potentially reserved for the green screen. So um, it's going to look a little different when you come in. They'll be very clearly sectioned off so you'll know which computers are allowed to be used and the distancing for those computers. Um, but they are phenomenal computers. Uh, they are by far the most powerful and capable computers available in the library. And they offer the added benefit of not wiping on um, logout. So unlike the rest of the computers in the library where you may be three hours deep into a project and a power surge wipes everything out and then you cry for about 30 minutes in the bathroom before you know recovering and going back at it. Um, these computers allow you to have a way to kind of like ensure something is backed up and only accessible to yourself, which is a really nice benefit to have. Um, beyond that, what they have is the full Adobe Creative Suite. Um, they have a couple of them will have ZBrush for 3D modeling. Uh, we also have the Unreal Engine as well as Unity for game design. 
So folks that are interested in coming in and using our computers, they are top tier. We've got beautiful software. We will see what we've, we can install on there. And if it's within reason or it's open source, let me push, push on that one. Open source software is delightful. You can check our website so you can use any of that open source stuff on your own equipment. And if need be, we'll install it for you right here on our computers to use up when you come in as well. So seamless creative pipeline. Yeah? Yes, that's a really good point. You can do everything in the lab. We have the software to do things in the lab. So you can come in, use our computers, design something, then jump over to the laser or whatever and uh, and get it physically made. Or you can jump on the green screen, do your recordings, then jump on the computers five feet away to do the editing and everything. Yeah, that's, that's pretty slick. Um, and speaking of cool stuff you can do once you're done working on the computer, do you want me to talk about it or one of you guys want to take the cricket? I can the talk cricket? about the cricket. Sean, so, talk about the cricket. Uh, the hey, cricket, hey, Sean, yeah. what's a cricket? Uh, a cricket is a little bug that is really annoying sometimes. Sorry. Uh, so it's actually spelled cry cut. Uh, pun. <laughs> um, but womp, the cricket is a, uh, is a little machine that has just like an automated blade on it. So you can feed paper through it and it'll cut uh, shapes out of the paper. So we use it to uh, cut out stickers a lot. We have a inkjet printer that people can come in and use. It's especially popular with art students who want to use nice paper with a nice printer to get some art prints for their class or something like that. Um, but you can also come in and make a sheet or two of stickers um, and uh, get the stickers cut off by the Cricut. Um, so it's a nice little machine that you can come in. It's used popular with scrapbooking stuff. You want to make a couple custom scrapbooking things, you can come in and do that. But uh, yeah, you can just just cut shape out of uh, paper. Yep, we we keep the uh, for folks that are familiar with the machine, it requires a disposable cutting bed. We keep mm -hmm. the twelve by twelve units on hand. Uh, so if you're interested in coming in and using our machine for like fabric art stuff, there is your part size limitation. Um, but the twelve by twelves have been great up until now for our stickers. Uh, for like cut and fold prototypes, Pepakura type stuff. It's really, really cool for that too. Um, it, so if you're working in a material that we can't laser, yeah, we got, but that's what we got the cricket for. And it's, 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 it's super nifty. The next subject on the list is one I know you love because you love cleaning the glass on it, our flatbed and feed through scanners. So actually we have three scanners in the lab. Oh yeah. Um, one of them is for photos. So if you have a uh, negative film reel from photos, you can bring that in and scan that, which is really, uh, really easy to use and really nice. Cause I don't think there's service available for free anywhere else in Omaha. No. Oh yeah. Uh, and we could do slides too. So if you find old slide decks from the art history department, we can scan those. Thank good reminder, Drew. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but we do have a, so that's for like, like, what is that? 35 millimeter stuff. Um, mm -hmm. We also have stuff. Slides. Huh? 35 millimeter film and slides. Yeah. So we also have stuff for that. It is, you know, substantially larger than like an inch and a half. Um, we have uh, a large format scanner. That's great for like large flat objects. Um, and that's really important. And flat is the important thing there. It can't be thicker than two millimeters as an artwork piece, but it can be up to 44 inches wide and almost a seemingly infinite amount of length. So if you have, large watercolor stuff that you've done um or 
something that you if really pretty much any medium besides probably acrylic and that's just because the uneven brush strokes create scratches on the glass um, you're able to digitize it and that's fantastic because then you can create prints to sell or you can make a portfolio from the work that you've done which is all the stuff you, that you should be thinking of if you are in the physical art world um we also have a large flatbed scanner which works better for some of those like acrylic works because it's not feeding it through on rollers um so you can get away with having uneven brush strokes or a little bit thicker of a, a material uh and that i believe is like 11.7 by 17 something is the working space for that one. Yep. Um, so not as big as the large format scanner, but still the, the fact that you aren't limited so much in thickness uh, is a really good benefit of it. Oh, um, please. Uh, the thing to keep in mind though, is with the large format scanner, uh, because it is a rolling scanner, you're gonna wanna ensure that you spray a fixative onto your artwork before bringing it in. Otherwise, the rollers may pick up leftover dust from your medium and then roll it across your entire artwork. And you obviously don't want to see that happen. No, uh, especially with it, it'll happen towards finals week where someone will come in with their beautiful, super dark charcoal on Reeves BFK drawing with no sealant, put it through there while we're not looking and, and didn't get it approved. And then that scanner is down for everybody for the next week and a half. So and there's giant be, roller marks on Oh them. man. Yeah, so be kind to yourself and everyone. So if you need your artwork scanned, spray it with fixative. Or if none of that works out and your stuff is too big or a painting, guess what? We'll prop you up over in the green screen, pull out the DSLR, set up the lighting, and we will just digitize in 4K on the DSLR. So don't think that we're trying to shy you away. We will have every option possible for digitizing something that you bring in here. We uh, can which... digitize anything you bring in, but just make sure you know which one is the proper one to do. Oh, yes. You will, you will ruin uh, the flatbed scanner and your uh, picture. And your yes. Picture. And the thing I didn't put on the list that what we're talking about scanning and we can scan anything, we have 3D scanning capacity too. So if you're... For 3D students, if you're making small maquettes that are that would fit inside of a shoebox, we've got the uh, what is the name of the real nice scanner we have from the 3D printers, Drew? The next engine. Oh yeah, just this epic level point cloud laser uh, lidar AR unit that will scan anything in with millions and millions of polygons on a point cloud uh to turn it into a 3d model so you can print it scale it what have you um right now we're not going to be doing it but in the future we've got this sense scanner and we can scan because i know we do it for some classes uh you can scan your bust your head your shoulders on up if you sit down the scanner will get you um that's an option uh we're working on using our ipads and the ar kit with a uh, software that you can use right now and to download yourself if you have an ipad or ipad pro called turnio t-r-n-i-o to use photogrammetry uh to get much larger full body scans or exterior scans of stuff so if you're interested in that send us an email and we will help you out with photogrammetry 3d scans because that stuff is fun Cool. And things to keep in mind too is uh, it doesn't necessarily just have to be to document your artwork. 
um, if you have objects that you want to scan for other purposes of just like uh, having a model for online programs, let's say you're moving from physical D&D to online D&D and you want to have a model of your little character that you did to put into a digital space, you could get that scanned as well. Um, there are many applications that you may want to take something like, let's say you have some awesome action figure that you want to have scanned and be able to put a model up online. Um, anything, as long as it's between shoebox to pop can size, uh, is going to be an ideal candidate for that. You just told me of what we're going to do uh, for a podcast episode later on is we're going to do digital kit bashing. I'm going to bring in some of my action figures and we're going to 3D scan them, chop them up digitally, re like reconfigure them into a new 3D model and then print that in resin. That sounds like one of the most delightful things I could possibly do to showcase everything in once. Can we take a, uh, like a D&D paladin and give it like a space marine helmet. I'm gonna tell you right now, we are gonna scan Macho Man Randy Savage figurine that you have on your desk and turn Macho Man Randy Savage into a barbarian figurine for D&D. Oh yeah. Yes, that's the only acceptable response to that plan. Cool, so let's keep on moving and try to keep this under 30 minutes because we've already missed that. Whisper Booth, um, this is me as a supervisor telling you that normally uh, when people are healthy, well vaccinated, willing to wear masks and can uh, act as a cohesive unit, you could normally come in and record in a 99% silent recording studio. When folks are healthy and when we get clears for that, you can come in, make an appointment and we've got a nice carotid condenser mic recording to a nice computer with Adobe Audition for vocal recording. I want to say if you've got uh, audio recording for music stuff like a guitar or otherwise, it's probably not the best. We can set it up and help you out. But the music department is where you're going to go for something like that. But if you want to do a podcast, uh, audio recording uh, for uh, like an audio book recording, you can come in here um, and, and use the Whisper Room. In the meantime, while our wonderful professional Whisper Room is shut down for safety purposes during COVID, you can continue to wear your mask and use what I'm currently using to record this podcast is our Yeti Blue microphone uh, on one of the computers in here and do some nice, solid digital audio recording right up front without fear of being locked in a tiny box with a single fan. Sound good? Sound good? That's it. Cool. Now we're going to move past Whisper. Next thing I got up is the other thing um, that is kind of questionable, but I still want to tell people about is we've got VR and AR kits here in the lab. Uh, Y'all want to say something good about them before I poo-poo on why they can't be used and but other ways to use them instead? I mean, why wouldn't you be able to use a sweaty head apparatus that you hand from person to person? <laughs> yeah, this just sounds like a wonderful idea. Basically, so our VR, we have what is an Oculus second gen, the wired unit connected to our uh, well overpowered, but slightly aging um, uh, gaming PC in the corner where you can do, I think our most popular one by far is Beat Saber uh, and super hot VR. 
But if you've got a course um, in molecular biology and you want to step through uh, any level of molecules that have or proteins that have been added to a public library that we've got access to, um, you can come in and actually use VR to step through those. And we're hoping to get that back up either through some fashion of UV sanitation device uh, or some other form of clearance, like it can only be used once every two hours sort of thing. But we have it. We also have a Magic Leap AR kit, though, that even though the company that made it is a little bit defunct from the uh, the consumer side, they don't exist anymore. They, yeah, they don't they don't exist anymore. We we bought a machine and the and the company probably went belly up because they didn't know who to sell it to other than us apparently. Um, you were the only one, yeah. Yeah, we we bought the one kit out of the six thousand they made. Um, but that, for some reason, the serial number said one, and we didn't understand why. Yeah, we we screwed up on that one. But here's what's cool about the VR and AR kits is if you're making video games or if you're making interactive experiences, because we have Unreal in here and Unreal, uh, Unreal and Unity on all our computers, you can get the kit set up in on your um, engine to just run. And I'll tell you right now, even though the AR, that Magic Leap AR kit is not like commercially viable from a development perspective of it literally just plug and plays into Unity, for super simple AR and VR development is one of the best reasons to have this thing on hand. And I, if your class wants to do it, so faculty listening, if your class wants to make VR apps, get in touch with us. Uh, students that want to just piddle about with Unity and C Sharp um, and VR, AR stuff, get in touch with me. I will figure out a way to strap this stupid expensive device to your head and help you program something in it. Is that a good selling point? For something that is currently closed down for general use, everybody. Yeah, it also well, and it's good hot when you use it. Oh yeah, it's a little toasty, mosty. It's good to know too that you can do other content creation with it as well. Um, there are modeling and drawing programs available. We have an example of a little monster that we modeled in VR, printed out and then painted uh, in the lab. So there's other fun creative stuff you can do with it as well. Yeah, that's and that that's great. So once we get that up and running safely again, please come in, model your monsters in VR or just mess about and make something cool and then 3D print it. You're in here for an hour. You send us a model. You spend two bucks and you've got something you can put in your portfolio for the next I don't know, decade. But what I'm getting towards with all this development and digital stuff is that we got spoopy jam coming up. Because a lot of what we do in here and what we've been talking about ahead of us, ahead of this little announcement, is that we love making games. And I know I skipped down, but I'm going to come back up to it, is that in October, we're running a game jam uh, called Spoopy Jam. And this Spoopy Jam 3, Spoopy as heck. So the third year we've done it. Thanks for picking that name out, Sean. You get blamed for it. Um, blamed? I'll take credit. Yeah, there you go. But... What we do at the beginning of the event is give people a theme and you have one week, one whole week to make a brand new board game, video game, interactive experience, playground game, basic difference of dice game, what have you. If it's a game-like experience, you have one week to make it. And if you make it and it works on our arcade machine or is printable, we will make a version of it that gets added to the library collection, which is internationally searchable. So for folks that are really into making games or just games in general, you don't need to have any experience whatsoever. Come join us 
and we will help you use all of the technology we just talked about to make your pieces, 3D print your prototype parts, print your board, videotape a how-to video, and for the event itself, meet other game developers and designers to showcase all of the really cool tech that we have spent all of your wonderful tech fee money on over the past five years. Check out the link in the description of this podcast and everywhere else you're probably going to see it uh, because we want you at Spoopy Jam. It's so much fun. If you don't make games, I'm just moving on with the list on this one. You can just come play them because we made an arcade machine that houses student-made games and classics. Uh, I think, what do we got setting up? I, I think I put Dig Dug out there, but what what other games do we have on the arcade machine that we normally run around with? Popular ones. Um, yeah. There is uh, Donkey Kong. There's the Simpsons platformer. There is pretty much like, you could pretty much have almost any game on there. Yeah, and, and that's what we kind of like to say is if, if we don't already have it installed, let us know and we'll figure out a way to get a, um, an emulator for it and get it running. You know what we should do is we should put Pokemon on an emulator on there. That sounds kind of fun, kind of like uh, when Twitch plays Pokemon a couple years ago. See if people yeah. can actually get through the entirety of Pokemon Red on an- How long it like takes a, for someone to beat the Elite Four on yeah, it. Yeah, there's our second project of- um, podcast episode five for this season of come play Pokemon and what is the update this week and how far have people gotten? It'll be fun. I like or that idea. Someone will come along and release all the Pokemon. Yeah, we come back to a completely empty um, PC. You just have a level seven Metapod and that's the only Pokemon you have. Hey, adds to the challenge. Welcome to the public playthrough, folks. The other thing you could do if you come in here and you want to just mess around or as part of the game jam is... We've got a roller case specifically geared towards making your own board games. Uh, I'm going to let you two talk about this because we used it at our most recent game jam of just tell them about the super sweet DeWalt case full of game making equipment. Yeah, we bought a really cool roll around like DeWalt uh, like tool case, right? That you like roll up to a job site on and everybody's super jealous of your big old DeWalt tool case. Yeah, and it flips uh, out into a workspace. It's beautiful. Out. It's so cool. Uh, we filled it with game stuff. We filled it with like little game pieces. We filled it with dice. We filled it with a uh, whole bunch of stuff that we used to bring to Game Jam in like big old boxes. Uh, put it in that and like simplified it and organized it. So when you show up to Game Jam and you say, hey, I want to make a board game, but I don't really know what to do because all you need to bring to Game Jam is yourself. Uh, and when you roll up, you're like, yeah, all I did was prop myself just like you told me to. Uh, what do I do? How do, how do I do this? And we we roll that bad boy out and say, I got you and like fold it out. And there's like 12 different compartments and we help you and use it to make a super cool ass board game. Yeah, it's please come do that. Uh, if you're if you literally just have ever had a blank idea for a, a game you want to make and you've got time in between classes come in we will crack open this case you can sit down and make start making that game please come do that i think that would make me the most happy to be back in person is if just one person this semester said hey i listened to your podcast and i was and it says i can come in and make a board game i think i might openly weep and just say thank you this is the end of my career uh at this university i i, I there, there's nothing more i can do um remember, remember when this was going to be 30 minutes yeah, I remember that. So, look, okay, 
let's let's blaze <laughs> let's blaze through the end of it because the last little bits of stuff are just kind of like we we've used our services like the laser cutter 3d printer to greater effect and over the um pandemic close down we've changed some things up and made some things for when people get back for starters if you want to come in and grab a keychain uh or if you were part of the got a move-in bag as part of a, open, a welcome week and you found one of our coins in there you can come in and grab a keychain we sell them for 50 cents a piece or free with your move-in bag coin um and come and grab that if you want to make gifts or your student group needs to make awards or you need to get pers- like big creative projects for a- an event together, we can do that on a request service. We're now a JDS um, vendor for wholesale awards blanks that we can use on the laser or on our vinyl cutters to kind of prep them out. So let's say your student group is giving out a uh, student of the year award or student of the month. Come in and talk to us and we'll show you how, and tell you how to make it. Uh, if your staff or faculty on campus and your union or your specific office needs to get, make a thing for the end of the year or end of semester or just want to give a gag award to somebody in the office, come and have a talk. We'll help you make it. And if you're not entirely sure what you want to do or make or just kind of interested in making something, we've got these handy dandy little kits already pre-cut from the laser that you can put together with guidance made by Drew himself, where folks that are interested in Doctor Who, you can come in and make a little wooden TARDIS. Uh, or for our history buffs, we made our best interpretation of Da Vinci's glider that you can snap and glue together um, to get a little historical model. And both of those are on display if you want to check them out. So don't think you need to even know what you're doing. Wander into the CPL and we will have something ready for you. And not to mention, you know, inspire us. If you have a kit that you would love to put together or you have some fandom that you wish you could get a keychain for, let us know and maybe another kit or some new keychains will pop up. Yes, uh, that's, that's often, most often that's how stuff like this pops up is somebody is into a fandom area and we go, yeah, you know what? We totally could. That's how we ended up doing a lot of Pokemon keychains. Uh, the TARDIS one was from us. Drew, I know season eight ruined it, but we have all the houses from Game of Thrones. Maybe that will yeah. get popular again after uh, it gets relaunched or the prequel comes out. Or the book comes out in 2047. Yeah, uh, it will be the first and only book released in the uh, Wasteland timeline. By accident. <laughs> By accident. <laughs> cool. So one thing I do want to mention before we get on to our last little closeout situation is faculty hopefully we got some faculty listening uh, as part of our second season here um is how can we help you well first and foremost if you need a tour of the space um for your course to come in and say hey students i'd like you to use this type of equipment you can set one up and just come on and we'll we'll guide you through kind of what we just talked about in the space and showing off the equipment uh if you're interested in having one of us come to your class and talk about how the CPL services can be used into their class or for their own creative projects, we will. If you have a special workshop that you might want to go for where let's, we, we had said it before, if you have an English class and you're a faculty member who wants to push their students to do a video or a miniature podcast, we can, in fact, I've already got both of those workshops set up as a uh, Zoom ready experience. Let us know and we'll come do it. 
But our most famous, fam- let's see, yeah, famous is the way to put it, thing that we do for faculty specifically are our streaming services. And Drew, I'm going to let you have a talk about that and give folks some guidance on how they can get started with that. Yeah, certainly. So um, if you have content that you want to show to your class and potentially don't want to use in-class time for, um, I can digitize it, stream it online, and allow your students to watch it anywhere in the world. Uh, So if you have a DVD, VHS, Blu-ray that you would love to have digitized, or if you have a film that you want digitized but don't have access to, we could potentially acquire it as well and then digitize it pretty much if you want to show something to your students and you don't want to waste class time doing it, you can use our streaming service to make it available to the students. Um, the big thing to remember is that it can be a little bit time consuming with turnaround because I have to digitize the content, uh, especially around the beginning of semesters. So you want to be proactive in getting your submissions in, particularly if you also need to acquire new material. Uh, but there is a easy filled out and understood form on our main page of the library. If you go to the CPL section and then go to the faculty uh, streaming service. Yeah, the, the, the form will help out most folks along. But um, keep in mind that given the popularity of this service over the past uh, 18 months, given the pandemic, uh, a lot of people found out about it. And you should expect we can do our best if it's already digitized to get it to you within a week-ish, but more like give yourself two weeks ahead of when you want the students to view the, the content through the link that we send you. Um, that, that would be the healthiest and easiest way to kind of get things taken care of. The service does have about six terabytes worth of content to stream. So there is a good chance that whatever you want may already be digitized. It's definitely worth the, cho- the, the shot. Cool. I love it. And, and man, I, I, I love that service. You've done such a good job with it, Drew. So keep it up. And for faculty listening, uh, we look forward to working with you on all fronts. Now, to close this out on our wonderful, totally not 30-minute, 45-minute recording, however we can help you on your journey in interactive digital or, or game-making media, we will. If you're playing D&D now and you need minifigs, we're the cheapest option on the planet for getting high detail. We're, we're using a medical-grade resin printer to make Warhammer and D&D figs for five bucks a piece. Come on. Come in here and get it. If you're looking to do a giant dungeon crawl session and you want to laser cut your pieces to interconnect the new dungeon segments, get in on it. We will show you how. In fact, I've got templates ready to go. I want you to come in and make a game with us, either for Spoopy Jam or at any point in time. Come and bug us and most likely making a game or figuring out how to make a game will be a lot of folks inroads to any of the services that we got here. So... I, I can't stress that enough of just how much I, this is what I want to be doing and want to help folks do because it is super valuable as the tech space uh, intro that lots of folks need. True. I'm going to call you the thing that you don't like to be called. Uh, don't give this to people. Okay, do it, Sean. Just, <laughs> just, just put me out of my misery now. So one thing that, uh, that I feel like we're touching on a little bit here is uh, come in and ask questions about a lot of art-related stuff, not even necessarily stuff that we specifically ask. A lot of us have uh, experience with a lot of things. Uh, Charles is, is an art daddy. You come in and you ask him questions about scaling stuff up, about digitization, about monetizing your art, how to make money on your art. 
about how to talk like how to get through your degree what what about all these different aspects of different things that people might not talk to you about the creative production lab that this is not just the people working there but the people that come in the people that use the lab uh, uh can be a great resource to just ask about things that you're doing in your life or uh, like involving art and creating or being creative in general thank thanks for that sean um mm -hmm. he yeah. hates it when i say that when i, when but, I but, not, not when i say that but when i call him that yeah i i, I think you're getting to the right ideas like if we just like talking uh where we had promised the beginning of this is uh we, we'll give you a 30 minute intro episode about what we can do but if you need more than 30 minutes to just kind of have a conversation of hey should i pursue illustration or what do I need to do to learn how to do um, basic video game programming? Come on in and hang out. Honestly, we're here. This is a service for you, and we want to help. And I am super happy to, as Sean will probably make a joke of, go, hey, sport, how can we use the laser for you today? Long term for season two of this Creative Production Lab podcast, if you have a cool project you did or want to talk about or just want to be included in the podcast, guess what? We record this all via Zoom and we want you to come be part of this podcast. Uh, we're hoping to get the Dean in here to get him to talk about his days with D&D Second Edition in the 80s. Um, we want to listen to how you used the laser cutter um, in your sociology course uh, to tell other people about how cool projects. So come into the CPL and talk with us. Send us an email. Drop us a hint on Instagram. Uh, I don't think we have a Twitter, but the library has a Twitter. You can reach out or DM us there. And we want you to be part of the podcast this, this season around. Join us remotely. Uh, and if you have questions, we always have season one you can listen to as well. With that, I want to say thank you, everybody. And welcome back to the University of Nebraska at Omaha. And we hope to see you in here online and to help you out with your projects. Um, for episode one of the Creative Production Lab, this is us signing off. Goodbye. <laughs> our, our usual is the sign off Bye. And, and then I start playing the music thank you for listening to the creative production lab from University of Nebraska at Omaha's Chris Library I'm your host Charles Fisher and we'll see you again soon